$1,000, you can bring your own beer and listen to comedy here every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., 21st in Florida. It's mutinyradio.fm. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in. Turn on every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m., House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Are you sick of reading the news? Do you even bother to read the news anymore? Do you need someone to read it to you because it's just so disgusting and depressing? If so, then the Weekly Review is the show for you. Join Roman Reimer as Roman reads the news, whether it be LGBTQ issues, cannabis legalization, prison abolition, police brutality, or many other issues that sometimes the media just doesn't feel the need to cover. Listen in, Fridays at noon, Mutiny Radio. Roman's also joined by activists, community organizers, artists, and many other great folks working to make the world a better place. Have no fear, the news is here. And if you feel like yelling about it, well then Roman will be yelling with you. The Weekly Review, Fridays at noon on Mutiny Radio. everybody happy friday it's this november 20th 2015 you're listening to the common thread collective here on mutiny radio.fm this is a community open mic the space is open the doors hearts minds and ears are open here so come on down and join us play some music read some poetry tell us about your activism your community and uh we'll be here i'm global val and diamond dave of course is here hey dave hey right here hanging in hanging out and still hanging on to be continued. <laughs> That's right. A week after your 78th birthday. Oh, remind me. Hanging on, hanging out. Oh, it was amazing. Hanging uh, in. We had this, uh, you saw us leave. We saw the, the parade leave. These folks, these drummers yeah. came down from the Brass Liberation Orchestra. And we drummed all the way down. We took uh, we took 24th Street. The party was at, and I wanted to keep saying, it's the best bookstore I know around here, Adobe Bookstore, a perfect place for a B-Day party when you're 78 years old, for sure, and have a lot of friends there, musicians, poets, spoken words, singing words, and, uh, and uh, acoustic units of every sort. And we drummed all the way down to 24th Street, and then t- I took the street and uh, went right down drumming and chanting and carrying on all the way down 24th Street. Oh, nice. I'm oh, glad that. that parade got to start here at Mutiny Radio. It, it was it was fun to to have that be kind of the, the end to our show last week. I wasn't feeling so well, so I, I missed the party. Oh, it but, was uh, amazing. It was more of the same. Uh, trio, uh, trio Cambio, those oh. three sisters, oh, my goodness. They were they were so wonderful. And, uh, and oh, and Rob, 
Rob, who's been missing because he's working down at the oh, Google yeah. or somewhere, yeah. he was there. Oh, uh, good. A bunch of people. A lot of them will come here. Other people. It was. I was doing. What, what do you want to do on your 70th birthday? Do what you like to do best. Which in my case is doing an open mic, and it was all that for a good four hours or more. All right. Plus well, plenty of good food. The line is the, the part of my life. If everybody brings what they have to bring, nobody goes without. Here's Ubi. Take it away, Ubi. It's my son. Hey, welcome back, everybody. There's some great energy here in the studios here at Mutiny Radio. Diamond Dave's here, of course. We, of course, have some other friends. We've got Dr. Beth, who I just uh, interviewed on Women's Magazine just before this show. But she's also a DJ here at Mutiny Radio every other Monday from 4 to 6 p.m. And Dave, who else do we have in the studio here? Well, Get up next have... to that microphone and tell us. 
We have uh, Laura, and Laura is, uh, is here, and we're about to talk more about it, to about the Gubbio Project. And, uh, and they have a special event called Blanket Statements. We're about to talk. And then, uh, then sitting next to me with a man who's, I've known as an activist, uh, activist at City College. And now I see him on the streets, an activist who's also very interested in the, in the, the, the larger issues and the homeless question. And the fact that we're all here on the planet, uh, planet together, together, to do more together than any of us can do on our own. So let's begin. Hey, Laura, blanket statements. Tell us, kick this off. Tell us a bit about the Gubbio, Gubbio Project. Great, thanks for having me. The Gubbio, the Gubbio Project has been Gubbio. going for 11 years, and it's in the Tenderloin. And it's the St. Boniface Catholic Church opens its doors from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. every Monday through Friday and welcomes in people um, who are living on the streets uh, to get some rest and some respite um, and some blankets and some socks and whatever it, whatever it is they might need. Um, it's been going on for 11 years. Uh, there's two masses that happen. It's 7.30 and 12.15. The back hundred pews are filled with people sleeping. That's beautiful. That's what we need to do. We need to make this available spaces, usually closed up, usually kept some space. It's great to be praising the, the good Lord and so on, but if you're not showing and you're showing directly what the good Lord, as they call him, was talking about, but you get to, but you go, go, go to that mass, you're walking out, and you can see that uh, these are the, uh, uh, the, the words of Jesus made real, where he says, feed the hungry and clothe the naked and house those are unhoused, am I right? You're right. And there you're doing it. They're living proof. They're walking down, what, what, what? And you'll be the Gubbio process. Bring it all back home. And uh, you're going to have a special event, which is called, uh, appropriately enough, Blanket Statements, which would mean that, you, that, that this is to raise some funds, which is to get blankets, which is to get what you need, which is to cover the blankets, but literally and metaphorically. Am I right again? You are right. And you know, we're the only church that we know of in the entire United States that opens its doors during the day. It's sanctuary where people can actually rest. We just now have a second church that's interested here in San Francisco uh, in the mission in doing that as well. I'm not at liberty to say the, the name of the church just yet. Uh, for a couple more days, uh, on Monday, I'll be able to make that announcement. But so we're, gonna, we're doing this fundraiser uh, to raise funds for that new site um, yeah. to help that other church also use its space. That it, it, Their space is actually empty during the day. Um, and so for four hours every, every Monday through Friday, we're going to uh, welcome the folks living on the streets into their sanctuary as well, into their, their sacred space. So let's talk a bit about that. Let's lay it out because so if there's any people connected with churches out there, uh, this sounds like a natural to me that totally transcends uh, uh, sectarian lines, whether we're talking about a synagogue, a mosque maybe, a church of, uh, of, of any denomination, uh, the, uh, in fact, in any, any kind of hall really. So but what I assume how it's done I assume you've assembled, you, you as a director, has assembled a team of people who said, uh, well, I want to lend a hand, as I said, give what you can, where you can, however you can. In other words, lend a hand. We'd like to lend a hand to help make this happen. So it's not just a place where people, where you're watching people who are lying down, uh, taking a snooze, but also where other services might be available, or at least referrals to other services. Am I right so far? 
Right. There are some services. Um, and at the new place as well, we're going to continue. And uh, we have breakfast once a week. Um, we've had haircuts. We've had HIV tests. We've had um, foot care. It's been very helpful for folks. We have 20 volunteer hours a day. We, it's, it's a thriving program. Um, there's about 60 people every week who volunteer their time. Uh-huh. Um, and the event that we're going to have on the 3rd of December is with Kamau Bell, who's a socio-political um, comedian. Uh, it talks a lot about the system, and, and uh, I think it's going to be very appropriate um, for the work that we're doing. Uh, a lot about race as well. Um, and especially as uh, the numbers of African-Americans have dwindled in uh, San Francisco, and yet the homeless folks that we're seeing uh, on the pews every day, we see between 250 and 300 people a day, and 45% identify as African-American. So we really need to do some analysis and look at those, what are the things driving that kind of disparity. Okay, because this is kind of Black Lives Matter, that uh, gets broadening. Black Lives Matter was originally about uh, all these uh, folks shot down by the cops. But if we're, if we're, when we start thinking about Black Lives Matter, we're realizing that there's a lot more to it than just that. I mean, that's a, that's a lot, but than just that, like pay for special, special care, special consideration. And I know I've heard Kamu Bell both on KPFA and on NPR, and he talks about the uh, the, the prison. Now he talks a lot. He's a comedian, but he's much more than a comedian. He's a he's also a sociologist and a political analyst, and uh, many, what many other things you could think of. That, and he talks a lot about the prison uh, prison industrial complex. He talks a lot about uh, what's happening, the new kind of slavery in which there's more black men in prison, black men and women in prison now than there were slaves. All of that is uh, is gifts for uh, is the kind of things that Camus Bell rises uh, comes out of, you know. That's, That's why we're excited risk. to have him. That's why we're excited to have him um, at fact, our fundraiser. And so then tickets are thirty-five dollars to up to one hundred and twenty-five. And so if people can make it on the third of December, it's going to be at seven p.m. at uh, Zendesk, which is uh, ten nineteen Market Street. And what is the Zendesk? It's part of the Market Street. Uh, Zendesk is one of the new tech companies, and they've actually offered their space for us uh, free of charge to have this uh, this event there. Well, the Zen, it's, uh, yeah, Very nice. it's good that people are stepping out and doing this because they're getting that, they've had that reputation connected with gentrification. I'm not talking particularly about Zendesk, of course. I don't know Zendesk. That, uh, that reputation, and a lot of people don't make the distinction, make distinctions. Distinctions are always good. And understand that people who work there are not necessarily the people who are from... Uh, are not necessarily the one percent who are running these places, but Zendesk. Does that uh, refer to Zen Buddhism? Zen? No, no, it doesn't at all. There's been some, yeah. Maybe they're sitting, um, I think it's morning. about the simplicity of it. Uh, it uh, Zendesk is one of the. Uh, new tech companies that has come in has really partnered well with a lot of the community organizations. Um, they don't have a cafeteria on site, and so the, pe- the people are out in the communities. They, um, in, uh, their employees need to take a, a tour of kind of their area uh, in the Tenderloin the first week that they're there, an orientation. Um, so we're, just, we're excited to be partnering with them and, and having them host this for us. Well, you said nice. that Zen wasn't there. Zen. But uh, just, uh, just uh, uh, but Zen, he said Zen, but then he said, no, it's not that, but then you said about the simplicity of it. And uh, if there's any common thread, what Zen is about to me is to keep life simple. Mm. <laughs> so in a sense, well, 
Yeah, I just I just wanted to um, come back to what you were saying earlier about how you have so many volunteers. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. How can people get involved and volunteer with the Gubio Project? Sure, we welcome volunteers. They can give us a call at 415-861-5848, 861-5848, or send us a message on Facebook. It's the Gubio Project. That's G-U-B-B-I-O. Um, and that stands for, uh, the town of Gubbio is uh, right next to the town of Assisi. And really? the parish is the St. Boniface Catholic Church. It's a Franciscan parish in the city of St. Francis, yeah? Uh, and there's a story about how St. Francis was called into um, the town of Gubbio to mediate a peace between a wolf and the townspeople. Mm-hmm. And so and in the end, it becomes, you know, brother townsperson and, and sister wolf. Um, and that's kind of the idea behind the project is how do we all realize that we're all family, how the neighbors, uh, the school, the church, the people who are the unhoused neighbors, how do we all become family? How do we become sister parishioner and brother homeless person or, you know? Lovely. What a lovely uh, um, story behind that name. And give us the address again of, of where everyone, all these folks are, are, are served every day. So the address, so if, if you actually are in need of a place to be during the day, especially with sit lie and, you know, you can't be any place, if, if you're in, a pl- you know, wanting a place to be, the address is 133 Golden Gate Avenue, uh, and it's in St. Boniface Catholic Church. And St. Boniface Catholic Church is just around the corner, just down the street from, uh, from uh, what we used to call... Uh, uh, Antoine's, St. Anthony's, we, back in the hip, before the hippies were called hippies, we used to, we'd go down to eat at Antoine's, St. Anthony's. But certainly if people were interested in volunteering, uh, there's uh, be a good, a good thing for them to come down during the day and check it out and see how it feels and feel how it fits for them, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, phone calls are good. Just walk in. and, and Just walk right in and sit right down and check it out and meet our sister Laura and our sister... Various people on the team, and uh, myself, uh, I, 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 in fact, the first people published my poem, which is that poem I gave you, as a matter of fact, how it works, uh, quite some time ago. We're expecting calls, so let's see who it is. Oh, just keep going with it. Okay. Uh, uh, we can fit it all in. But anyway, was the Catholic worker, Catholic worker, and this is part of that tradition for sure. Uh, Oh, Dorothy. Um, Dorothy Day. Dorothy Day. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I myself was a Catholic worker over in Oakland for a couple of years. Okay. And they said they spread out the... Okay, and they uh, they had their farm. Their visit was a communal farm. And I turned 21 in a kibbutz in Israel. And I always imagined their farm as, as like kind of a kibbutz. Yeah, you know, I love the story about Dorothy Day where uh, there was a woman who gave her a diamond ring and she took it and she turned around and she gave it to a homeless woman. And of course, people were saying, well, what, you could have sold that diamond ring and you could have fed, you know, the, the Catholic worker, the soup kitchen could have been, you know, um, continued for a couple of more months on the money you got from that diamond ring. And Dorothy Day's response was, the poor need beauty as well. And, and I think I, that that's what the church, when you walk into the church, the church is so beautiful. And is. that's the thing, the poor need beauty as well. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly a good place to meet people out on the steps, Connect like uh, like uh, AD. You're we're talking. You're talking about. Uh, you're talking. You have a project which involves uh, bringing homeless people together. Am I right? Uh, yes. Um, hello. I'm an engineering student at the City College of San Francisco, and uh, right now I'm teaming up with. Uh, it's literally hot mic. 
go just okay good go on thank you sorry <clears throat> so i'm teaming up with uh the the previous mayoral candidate amy weiss uh legendary san franciscan born and raised hip-hop artist uh equipto um better known as queasy uh and we're we're taking the saint francis homeless challenge so what we want to do is we want to challenge uh the current mayor sad to say ed lee who we tried to evict this year um we want to challenge him to actually do something uh and change the conversation about homelessness in san francisco especially in a city where the homeless have been regarded to uh in public statements as objects um and they're being treated as less than human with these uh or city ordinances like no sit no uh, no lie, which I you know even when I saw it on the ballot, I never thought it would go through, and it has, and that just is a reflection of our society in San Francisco. So what we're doing is we're currently mapping uh, all the encampments within the city of San Francisco. We're also working with a professor at UC Berkeley who uh, generated uh, a map of the some of these encampments and we're also having a design contest so if there are any architects interior designers uh civil engineers um environmental engineers anybody with the skill set to actually design uh what we want to design are our uh in interim housing so so it's a it would be transitional housing units uh for homeless folks as well as uh possibly permanent slash mobile um, showers and uh, facilities for them to clean themselves. Um, now, we're having an event on January 2nd where we're going to come together at a particular encampment and we're going to invite not only uh, folks who are homeless to come and, and kind of uh, help us change the conversation about homelessness, but we're also going to be out there challenging the mayor to do something and taking action. And so we're right now we're crowdfunding to uh, purchase at least one or two units um, to be used as uh, housing, not temporary housing, but uh, transitional housing for folks. Um, and it's obviously we understand we can't raise enough money, but you know we're the city of San Francisco is spending hundreds of millions of dollars to bring the Super Bowl here, and it's disgusting. And if 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 we took the it, it costs four point five million dollars to run a Super Bowl ad. If we took the and I'm talking a one thirty second Super Bowl ad costs four point five million dollars. If we took the money from two Super Bowl ads, we could we could provide. Um, transitional housing units for every homeless uh, person on the street of San Francisco and have some left over to do other things with. Um, so again, just to kind of reiterate, not only do we have this design project going on where we're trying to, to build units that are from sustainable materials, but we're also pushing for this January 2nd, this call to the, the um, city of San Francisco, the county and city of San Francisco to do something and change the situation about, you know, no more slashes to programs that help homeless folks um, and to actually build programs and, and uh uh, around getting people off the streets. There are over 1,500 units that uh, in the city of San Francisco that are not currently being rented, and that's only because individuals that own these properties are holding out to try to find some young, dumb techie that's going to pay hand and fist for uh, uh, an apartment or a room in a house. And so these units were can easily be used to house homeless folks, and the city can pay for it. The city currently pays on after each uh, homeless individual on the street $81,000.
in hospital bills and uh, bills to put them in jail for one or two nights or three nights whenever they get arrested and court fees because they're getting cited for no sit, no lie. And they're getting all these other citations for just being uh, a person in need. Um, what it would cost to, to actually provide care for these individuals. And I'm going to round this up. It's actually around $17,000. But let's say we spend $20,000 per uh, individual within the city of San Francisco. That's $60,000 less to spend to help somebody into permanent housing. And, he, and, and that's if we paid for their housing. If we just paid for their housing, we would be saving money. We'd be saving taxpayer dollars. Um, of course, that, that money you're talking about is not going to homeless people. It's going, to, uh, uh, it's going to people who have a dog in the fight, are in on the game, are making money off homeless people, but the homeless people stay homeless. And also, now, and also medical services and emergency services all, all as well. That for sure. All that, all that for sure. And uh, we have a, 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 we've been had as a guest here on several occasions, uh, Mike Zent. And they have a group that, that they're kind of parallel. Have you heard of a group called First They Came for the Homeless? It's like under Hitler, where they first they came for the Jews. I wasn't a Jew, so I let them go. Then they came for the communists. I wasn't a communist. They, they took them away, and I just stood there. Then, uh, then, uh, then they came for me, and I looked around, and everybody was gone. And they have a group called First, uh, first They Came for the Homeless. Have you heard about that? I'm sorry, I haven't. I told you about Well, anyway, uh, they have a Facebook page, but they're doing the same thing. You guys should uh, ally with them. If you go to Facebook, it's called First They Came for the Homeless, on on January 2nd, or at least for the Super Bowl, when uh, when uh, when uh, Mayor Leah said that they want uh, all the homeless people out of town for the Super Bowl, there there's planning. It's already being planned. They've come in and talked about it. Uh, it's around January 2nd. A massive demonstration, they hope, of homeless people and allies uh, to be there when uh, to be there at the Super Bowl. And yes. That's, yeah, you should dick off. You it'll, be, it'll be January 2nd. I don't, well, anyway, check and yeah. see when they're doing it. They're, I, I, yeah. Most definitely. I mean, most these definitely. are allies possible. No, yeah. no not, most uh, definitely. So, and and uh, tell us more. Do you have any more details about the January 2nd event? Um, out, outside of just us gathering together, we're currently building the campaign now. We don't actually, right for right now, we're not sure exactly where we're going to hold the event, but we should know within the next two or three weeks. And so you'll hear my voice again. I'll be back to make more announcements. Um, but you know, if, if, if we can do anything, even if you don't have the, t cause a lot of us are, are in the struggle and feel the struggle every day and not everybody has the time, but there are a lot of folks in the Bay area right now that have the time and, uh, a little bit of resources to actually kick in on this project. Or, and if you don't have resources, then I'm pretty sure somebody in the city of San Francisco has the skills to come and kick in. And there's no reason why in a place where we, manu where we overly manufacture uh, computers, uh, these pocket computers and these computers on our desk, um, that we can't get together and try to actually help individuals and, and uplift individuals. Because the individuals that need the most help, if we uplift them and put them in a place where they're secure, then you know what they're going to do most likely? They're going to return the favor. And also this group I was telling you about, first they came to the homeless. Uh, they're now, from, for months, almost a year now, they've been uh, uh, having an Occupy at the uh, uh, Berkeley Post Office because they wanted to privatize the, the powers that be wanted to uh, uh, occupy, they wanted to privatize, excuse me, the Berkeley Post, Post Office. They're there, they're in tents there, they have a kitchen there, they're feeding the people. Have you heard about that? I haven't. 
Well, oh. I'd suggest you go by there, and then they're there every day. Yeah, I, I drove past them yesterday. They're right there on MLK. It's right across the street from uh, Berkeley High School and right next to the police station. Oh, it's wow. An, it's and, an interesting uh, corridor there. And they're the very people who are planning this uh, same kind of event for the Super Bowl as you guys are. Right. Just by chance, and just by chance, they come here, Mike Zint and others, they come here and let us know. They also have a big uh, event coming up. Uh, which I forget was in front of Macy's. Oh, it's going to be oh their Black Friday event. They're going to have they're going to gather and have right uh, homeless yeah. people outside of Macy's at Union Square. They're going to have a um, a spange contest like a like a spare change uh, sign contest, um, and uh, they they want to get a lot of uh, you know people aware of what's going on down there as they're in the midst of the buying frenzy. Um, so, so, so there's going to be it, a lot of people there, mm-hmm. a lot of homeless people there. Yeah. It's protesting the sit lie law by not by sitting, lie, the, sitting, right. probably lying, and also saying spare change. I'm saying the, the, and that's uh, Black Friday is the day after Thanksgiving. Creativity. So I will be, definitely uh, be there. What? I will definitely the, be there. And uh, so those are some choices because so, what we're talking about is finding your allies, doing more together than any of us could do on your own. This uh, this very program. Uh, this very show, Common Thread Collective, that, that goes around these four lines. Cast a wide net. Find that common thread. Let life flourish. Don't panic. Keep it organic. So, uh, so, so, uh, so real quick, though, uh, a- Anthony, ahead. right? Did you say Anthony? No, my name is Alan Dion. Alan Dion. Sorry, I was kind of ty- as see over here, I was kind of typing down some of the details, and all this we'll put on our Facebook page, Common Thread Collective. Um, so just so you know... Um, we're going to be taking the next two Fridays off, but we hope you'll come back and join us on the, the 11th of December, which will be our next live show okay. so with an update and, uh, of course, any other Friday. Yeah. Thank you. And I will definitely be back with an update. Thanks for your work. And I'm glad you're teaming up with Amy Weiss and Equipto and, and, uh, yeah. and doing the St. Francis Super Bowl challenge that uh, Amy was uh, presented during her campaign. And I, I think it's going to be awesome. So we hope that we could be here for you on the Common Thread and, yeah. and help cast that uh, out there. Net. And speaking of Common Thread, here's one. Uh, Equipto and my son was a bass player in his first back in the day it was still in the 90s i think in his first band it was a it was a it was a full band a hip-hop band board stiff called no board stay yeah board stiff and uh, ubi was three, one three shades of rhyme yeah ubi was one called uh the, the, there were two coming out of the lower hate maybe they said they they played together a lot but there's board stiff and there's last to serve you ever, ever last to serve uh-uh. that was my son's band oh okay and they played together they were, they were both total multi band and that's where i know equipo from he was this young filipino dude who had that spirit and was ready to go and now that was 20 years ago and it's still going on cast that wide net find that common thread Equipto. Yeah, so when you see him tell me that you know diamond day ubi's dad okay yeah yeah i got you uh, yeah, my son Ubi, well, that's who we play just to open this up. He's a great elect- uh, bass player, electric bass, blues, funk, is, and hip hop is what he does. You gonna play? You gonna play some? We already did it. We can do it again. We already did it. So we open up my show every week. Oh, okay. But anyway, thank you. And also, thank you. So, again. doctor, what do you have to say? What do you think about all this? Well. I am loving what you guys are doing, especially Diamond Dave, that you're pulling everybody together. That is what I am about as well. In the corporate world, with the, I would find myself as a resource to schools. They would have me come into an event, and there'd be six parents there, and I would be paid $12 an hour 
to work with six parents. And then the next week, I'd be a, a, a block and a half away, and there'd be eight parents. They'd pay me, you know, 20, 20 bucks an hour. Or I could be in corporate America making hundreds of thousands of dollars, making the white man richer and richer and richer and richer. So I can make a difference where I can't make a living or I can be where I don't want to be and it's not my heart's passion. So one of the things that I'm about is all what you're up against, Dr. Dave. I'm, I mean, uh, Diamond Dave. It's, it's bringing – yeah, yeah, just feel free. Dr. Just ben. steal it. Steal it. So uh, what, it, what it's all about is bringing us together, maximizing our resources so that we can uh, really make a difference. And everybody wants to be an individual. Everybody wants to be individualistic and have their thing show up. But it is about when we come together and we make each other shine that we can really, really, truly change the world. Well, I, what I say is doing more together together than any of us could do on our own. Absolutely. And then I also say, and what I also say is declare your independence, acknowledge our interdependence. We're all in this together. How's Spot that? on. Okay. Spot here's on. Here's the poem. You know, here's the poem I did for time about just this. Did I do it already? I don't think so. How it works. Well, take what you need. Give what you can, where you can, when you can, however you can. In other words, lend a hand. What happens then? Strangers become friends. Friends become family. Family becomes community. And communities on the move, that's our movement. Because, hey, we've been brought together for a reason. And that reason is we love one another. Brought together for a reason, and that reason is that we heal one another. Brought together for a reason, that reason is we complete one another. Brought together for a reason, that reason is that we complement one another. Like what? Yin and yang. Left and right. Up and down. Old and young. Man and woman. Rock and roll. Woo-ha! <laughs> anyway, we want to Nice hear... roll, Dave. So it is. Well, we can say it. See, this is over there, so we're not, uh, not to, we're not, uh, we're, we don't have to worry about those four words that you can't say. So I can say, fuck yeah, and that's perfectly fine. <laughs> fuck yeah, sisters. But anyway, Diamond Dave, you are so in your inner teenager. You are so, teenager. you are living the inner teen, wide open. Well, fuck yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> I love fuck it. Yeah, it's uh, wine one third beatnik. The 50s, I got here in 57. Is that 78? Got here in 57. Helped kick off the hippie movement in 65. I came back after spending two years in a kibbutz in Israel, hometown, hitchhiked back here, helped kick off the hippie movement. I didn't know that's what we were doing, but we were doing something. And then I'm also one-third punk rock. So that's hippie, beatnik, hippie, and fuck yeah. That's my <laughs> trust. But anyway, I heard, you're, I heard you're a musician too. And we, hey, Val... Uh, yeah, she's, yeah. So, yeah, Dr. Beth here. Um, we just talked for an hour on, on Women's Magazine. So tune in and, and uh, check out what she's all about. America's teenologist is why we're saying Dave's uh, got his inner teenager living out loud. And, and thank goodness, because it really is, it, it inspires us all. And, and, I, and I'm so glad I was listening. I said, this woman is special. I don't think... Uh, uh, I'm... Well, and uh, the real test will be is uh, how many times or whether whether she even mentions the word 
adolescent, because that's the word that I used to have, be sent in my teenage, my real teenage years. I have to, my parents, because they didn't know what quite to do with me, they used to send me to these adolescent specialists. <laughs> yes. This is back in the 50s, of course. Ooh, that sounds painful. <laughs> adolescent. But I, I got a chance to, and at first they didn't know whether I was, uh, I had learning disabilities and all of that, but then they gave me an IQ test, Stanford Binet IQ test, and suddenly they began to see, well, I don't know, this is something different. Anyway, uh, as, uh, so anyway, so glad to have you aboard. Hopefully we won't be bored, and you're always welcome to join our uh, our uh, our uh, playful pa collective, pa pan pa fellow human beings. We are playful. Right here. We are very playful. Uh, I see that. I see that. Well, we are we are definitely kindred spirits. I was in uh, New York one time. Uh, got caught. At midnight, walking through Times Square, this little white girl uh, uh, dragging a suitcase. Uh -huh. And I was walking behind this big, huge, buff man, an African-American man, and uh, he was carrying also a big, huge suitcase. Uh -huh. Looked like there could be a dead body in the in the suitcase that uh, he was carrying. And so I'm right behind him, and he, he turns around, and he looks at me, and he said, and I said, don't worry, I got your back. Uh, <laughs> and he he laughed but you know i could have easily been killed and he said uh as we were as we were walking along know. he said you know do you know when the best two times to kill people are the best two times of the year to kill people i said no i don't know that one <laughs> and he said one is july 4th and the next one is uh new year's eve you know we're walking along walking along you know right next to each other he's kind of messing with me and uh, I just keep loving him up and keep accepting him. He keeps loving me up, accepting me. He walks me all the way to the BART station, uh -huh. all the way down to the train. And as we leave, I said, could I give you one of my books? And my book is Embracing Defiance, Helping Your Child Express Their Unique Voice. And I, I signed the book to him, to my guardian angel, and he just cried. Oh, boy, that's so beautiful. And it's about it's about seeing through the colors and well, seeing through the stereotypes. And when you see somebody on the you know laying on the ground, um, can you love them for where they are and what they are and what they're going through? Exactly. Could be us any minute. Well, I be a I be in my spiritual path, but I be a Sufi Jew. I be a Sufi. Do you know the poetry of Rumi? Yes, sure do. Well, well I'm a ruminate, that's for sure. <laughs> and in fact, this is a good time to tell you. You mentioned New York City, and I got gifted by our sister Annie, who's supposed to be coming in for my B-Day party, the new book by Patti Smith. It's so good. It's so, do you know Patti Smith? I don't. Well, I'm going to read, I'm gonna read a... Uh, 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 She's a great singer. She comes out of, she uh, comes out of uh, the punk rock era, CBGBs. She was really what, uh, what, uh, the, what that, that was to you. Bob Dylan was to her. She's an amazing musician, but she's an amazing writer too. And I'm going to read the. So good. I'm going to read the chapter by chapter. Yeah, you're going to do a chapter, and I know we've got uh, James going to do a chapter too. Should we play Dr. Beth's song? I know she's got to get on the road. Oh, please, of course. I was L about to do that. Yeah. And let me let me just give one setup on this. Yeah. This song is called Brain Growth. Cut me some slack. My brain is growing. Really? And what I would say is, each and every one of us, wherever we are in our journey of life, whether we're laying on the street or we are sitting in our Eiffel towers, we are all on a journey. And we all need to have some slack and love and compassion for each other. So this is for all the inner teens of the world. Wow. All right. Here well, we go. A, let's go. It's, yeah. Cut me some slack, my brain. 
some slack thanks dr beth right on thank you guys for doing all that you do to be continued doing more together together and here be i'd mentioned patty smith i'm going to be reading from her book here be uh here be uh, patty smith uh, right now through the magic of hey youtube yeah youtube and and of course this first song I, i'm actually having trouble kind of skipping around in her album but uh you guys out there if you're listening you'll definitely know this one uh this is a uh, kind of a whoops um, i lost my cord here um this is a kind of a radio classic um for a long time coming and i actually saw patty smith a couple years ago she was here at hardly strictly bluegrass out in golden gate park and uh she was great uh ran down there and that was right after pussy riot had gotten arrested and so that was a big old thing and so she definitely gave a big old tribute to pussy riot uh she is she is indeed a, a revolutionary and this is a uh, one of her very passionate songs that i know you guys will know
alone. Love is a ring, the telephone. Love is an angel disguised as dust. Here in my bed until the morning comes. Days and nights and afternoons and and uh, early mornings too be made of love. Thanks, Patty Smith, uh, in that acoustic version of from her greatest hits. Um, Dave's going to be reading from her book. She was just in town, I believe it was last night, reading at City Lights Books. Um, there's a cool article put out too that uh, City Lights posted on Facebook a few days ago. Um, Patty Smith, um, revolutionary, badass, uh, visionary, a rock star. Hey. What a great combination that is. Um, thanks for joining us here on the Common Thread Collective. We're here at Mutiny Radio, corner of 21st and Florida Streets in the Mission District of San Francisco, my hometown, and uh, the world's wonderland. Um, I've never called it that before, but hey, it's the first time for everything, right? Happy Friday. I'm Global Val, and we're going to go out into the studio now, uh, studio gallery space, because I know that our friend Bloodflower is at the piano. So uh, thanks for bringing us the musical score, Bloodflower.
blood flower. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you for contributing our musical score. It's such a, it's, it's so, I, I love live music. I admire musicians. I am not a musician myself. Um, I, I, I kind of, I, I only played a, I can play a few songs with one finger on the piano. Um, a couple of Christmas songs. I can play Joy to the World. Hey, that's a good one. Um, I, You're more talented than I <laughs> Sure. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a one it's a one hand job though bloodflower you're a pro so thanks for doing it thanks for doing it yeah i think we're uh, coming up next if you're if your fingers aren't too tired right now if your fingers aren't too tired right now i think james conrad is gonna all right he's just getting warmed up <laughs> most excellent and uh, I know you sent me a, a song request we'll play that in a little bit but I know we've got also James Conrad who's up there excellent. ready to read the next uh, episode of uh, Zordo Clean's House sure is Hi. hello folks alright it's All right. Friday happy Friday at Mutiny Radio happy Friday um, and my name is James Conrad, and I have uh, in my hand my novel Zordo Clean's House. Unfortunately, you can't see it. This is radio. But if you go to Amazon.com and look it up, you will find it. Uh, Zordo Clean's House. Z-U-R-D-O. Zordo Clean's House by James Conrad. A story about how... Uh, when society treats a person as an enemy, they create an enemy. And uh, now and we have episode 46 of Zordo Clean's House. The week after Zordo underwent his appendectomy, he returned to the hospital for his first weekly chemotherapy treatment. When he arrived home again afterward, he saw an envelope with his name on it waiting for him on the coffee table in the living room. Inside was a letter. Dear Zordo, I heard you were sick, so I wanted to send my regards and wish you well. I also would like to tell you that I am sorry about what happened. I cannot say enough how guilty I feel. The last thing I wanted to do was to throw you under the bus, and I hope you understand that there is more to it than you think. Someday, in the right time and place, I would love to explain what was really going on. In the meantime, if you want, you can get in touch with me at 831-bop-bop-bop-bop-bop-bop-bop. Hope there are no hard feelings. Sincerely, Casey Keene. When Zurdo finished reading the letter, he set it upon the coffee table and collapsed in the plush chair nearby. His heart touched, he smiled and began to shed silent tears. After taking a deep breath, he reached for the telephone on the coffee table, picked up the receiver, and dialed Casey's number. Hello? Is Casey there? Asked Zordo, his voice quivering. Yeah, it's me. Who's this? It's Zordo. I got your letter. Zordo sighed as more tears began to fall. I just want you to know that I'm not angry at you. I don't have any reason to be angry. It's not worth it, okay? After a pause... Casey sighed, gasped, then began to cry. It's okay, man, said Zordo, wiping his eyes. Don't worry. It's okay. Thank you, Zordo, said Casey between sobs. Thank you very much, folks. Um, uh, Zordo Clean's house is going to take a uh, brief break 
uh, on account of uh, next week being Thanksgiving week. Uh, we will return the week after uh, on Friday, same uh, mutiny channel, same mutiny time thereabouts between three to six. And you'll get episode 47 of Zuro Cleans House. Uh, yeah, it'd be December 4th, I think, is the next Friday. Th- well, that, that day we're going to be or not. December 5th. So we're taking the next two Fridays off. So the, oh. n- the next show will be December 11th. Okay, right. So, um, yeah, I'll see you, see you till the 11th. Uh, just, you know, yeah, just letting you know, I don't want to goof like I did last time. <laughs> I thank got you, you, Valerie, and thank you, Bloodflower at the piano. And this is Mutiny Radio. Back to you, Diamond Dave and Val. Thanks, James, and thanks, Bloodflower. Yeah, I think everybody should read this book, Zordo Cleans House. You can buy it on Amazon. Or and and uh, yeah, very very. Uh, it's been great to to follow the story uh, throughout the year, and I can't believe it's almost the end of the year, heading into December, just around the corner. It's amazing, but true. And uh, but here we are. And here we go. What's the, what are you about? What's about with you, Val? Well, it's been a pretty uh, heavy week in the world, I'd say, and uh, just kind oh of kind of uh, on on uh, to to touch upon what what uh, James Conrad just mentioned about his book, um, which is talking about when society treats a person as an enemy, they create an enemy, and I've been really uh, really pretty much disgusted with the. Um, American establishment's response to the refugee crisis, um, especially in light of the Paris uh, terrorist attacks. Um, we've just had the Congress vote to um, se- severely limit um, the number or the people coming in as refugees from war-torn countries such as Syria and Iraq, countries that the United States has had direct involvement in creating uh, the wars therein. Um, and we already in the U.S. have uh, pretty stringent refugee laws that are followed. There's a lot of screening that already happens. And there's also a lot of abuse within that system. Um, there's actually been a big hunger strike uh, in some of the refugee detainment camps. Yeah, we could call them camps. Um, they look like prisons. There's some here in California and throughout the country. Um, they are prisons. Private, they, they, are act, they are operated like prisons. Privately there. owned prisons. What we're talking about. The, yeah. But, but so, they're documented. So, being well, these are, these, are, these are for folks who are, are, have applied you know, as refugee status. So either show up at our, at our borders and, and ask, you know, it's not like they're sneaking across the border. They're coming in and they're asking to be let in and saved from, uh, the, the violence in their countries. And so we already have a, a pretty stringent, um, you know, set of set of rules or or laws that that govern how refugees are screened. And there's often an exceptionally large, long waiting period. Hold on, Dave, let me finish. Um, so, uh, the Congress just voted um, that they need for for refugees coming in from Syria and Iraq uh, they need to get um, this extra clearance for, through the FBI and and like three different layers of clearance uh, for them to be uh, admitted into the United States as refugees um, and so the fact that you know th- this is all because of the fact that this 
this, the big scare came after the Paris uh, attacks, um, saying that the there were terrorists who had who had taken advantage of the refugee crisis to come across the European borders into Europe. Um, but you know, I mean, the when when you look at just such, uh, it's just really, it's really disgusting to me because as a political, as someone who uh, has a degree in political science, um, studied terrorism before the 2001 attacks in, in New York City um, and, and afterwards, you know, terrorism is defined as a group of non-state or, you know, not representing a nation, uh, a group of non-state actors who kill innocent people to try to get um, attention to their cause. And when terrorism acts to try to instill fear in people, and then the governments of these free societies re uh, ret return with uh, the clamp down on civil liberties and, and limiting human rights, then that's when terrorism wins. And we used to have a policy of not giving in to terrorism, not giving them the time of day, so to speak. Of course, this is a huge international problem that we now have to address. We definitely can't ignore it. Um, but basically what, what, uh, you know, what James Conrad was saying, when you society treats some person as an enemy, they create an enemy. And I certainly hope that the United States and those who govern it, um, can see that we are a nation of immigrants, of refugees, and uh, it's if we start turning our backs, if we continue to turn our backs, we're not going to be earning any any friends uh, around the globe, and that's my two cents. Okay, well I think that's unlikely that they're going to be doing that, so we'd better get together and uh, and be the real we that we're talking about around the planet. But a couple things: once uh, for the undocumented. They have these uh, privately owned uh, prisons. There's a, uh, a number of, a, a whole bunch of women are in hunger strike in uh, Texas, I believe, in one of these prisons. You may have, and second, I was brought up to get, it really been kept kind of out of my memory, but it reminded me, Guantanamo still has 165 people who have never been charged, who've been there for years after years after years, and there was an attempt uh, by, uh, by, uh, by Obama to get them moved to other places, to, go, to get a system going. And it looks like Congress, the very Congress we're talking about, this very Republican Congress, this Republican part with all their nitwits, that they are putting for something not to close it to Guantanamo, but to do everything to, uh, to keep uh, Guantanamo open. And I wouldn't be surprised with this refugee situation that we're talking about with these thousands and thousands of Syrian, Lebanese, uh, uh, Lebanese, uh, 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 Lebanese and other country refugees that are river crossing Europe and uh, uh, river crossing your camps of mil mil with millions of people of them in Jordan, outside of Syria, in Turkey, and so they're coming here. I wouldn't be surprised if we see the, pri the privatization again, a building of, a, a pri of a, they, call, they call them camps, but they're in fa fact jails, in other words, they won't they be are. able to get out freely in this country while they're supposedly, while they're getting, I'm waving my hands like you do when you quote, supposedly while they're getting all these clearances, they'll be sitting in there and uh, that will be another gist for the privatization, privatization mill of these folks who have private prisons growing by, by leaps and bounds, private prisons in which whatever, whatever money they made, the difference between what, what they're charging the government and what it costs them to feed the people, to house these people, goes to them as profit. And imagine that means I wouldn't be surprised if all that, 
All that happens too. It's being continued. Right. And also, when you're talking about protecting the homeland, as they, as they say, um, you know, with the resources that, that we have in place already, um, you know, which is widespread, um, but of course, uh, limited everything is, um, to, to institute this new extra set of clearances specifically for people fleeing from Syria and Iraq is just going to completely, um, overload, uh, this already very precarious and, um, you know, kind of amorphous, uh, system of, of trying to protect our borders. So, so basically Congress has, has reacted out of fear yet again, um, and ignorance because obviously, um, they don't understand what terrorism aims to do, um, because that's democratic society reacting poorly, um, and for something that didn't even happen in our country. Um, and, uh, it's 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 just very backwards. I lost yeah, my train well, of thought. Not only were my uh, reacting out of fear, but I think if we trace with the lobbyists and all that's going on and what's going on behind the scenes, in the cloak world, they're also oh yeah, well, stretching just, stretching them thin is what I'm saying. Stretching thin the bureaucracy, well, and of well, course all the contractors who ben- who who profit from you bureaucracy. Got it, you got it, sister. Uh, I'll just end with this with this Bob Dylan line I do oftentimes. Uh, from back back in the early days of Bob Dylan, money doesn't talk, it swears. And here be Richard. Richard, what's up with you, brother? How can we show that there's a better way? How can we come together? We'd be a voice of all this right here every Friday on Mutiny Radio. That's what we're about. It'd be a shame if we uh, if we couldn't be doing this. So take it away, Richard. Well, um, again, everybody, uh, don't forget Diamond Dave's. Uh, uh, honoring is coming up. I'm not really getting. I'm sorry. I'm not really getting your voice. I think maybe that that uh, cable came a little bit loose. Um, yeah, that one. Yeah, that's the one. Check it out, and then let's see if you could talk directly into. Are we there? There we go. Much we're better. There? Are we yes, there? we're ah uh, ah uh, yes. Uh, well, I just want to remind people. Uh, February second, Diamond Dave's honoring. Uh, at the main library uh, from 4.30 to 7.30 at the Coret Auditorium downstairs, free. Uh, if you don't know anything about Diamond Dave, if you're listening to the show, you probably do. But uh, if you know people who don't and you want them to learn more about him, uh, it's a free event so you can learn about him. And for those who know him, uh, we're encouraging people, if you want to participate, tell stories, uh, tell lies so he can say, that's not true or whatever, you know, uh, we, we, we can have that good event. And uh, so anyway, it's at Honoring DD, that's H-O-N-O-R-I-N-G-D-D at yahoo.com. Email us, uh, let us know if you want to participate and how you want to participate, and we'll see if we can accommodate. Oh, my goodness. Well, I don't know how to uh, reply to that with my humbleness. Humble is uh, certainly a part and parcel we should see if we're going to keep on going at all. But my B-Day party at uh, Adobe Books was definitely that. Were you by there? I didn't see yeah, you. Yeah, uh, well, I, I, was, I did my call to arms to the artist community. Okay. Well, it was, it was, a, it was a happening. Yeah, so it was. It, it was, was a it was happening. Was, uh, thanks, thanks for everybody who showed up, played their music, and did their dancing, and did their and show. But anyway, Richard, that's to be continued. And I can use this time to mention I plan to be next week at this time. I'm going to be with an uh, coming out of the Lakota 
Rainbow Alliance, which I've talked about ever since I came back from the Black Hills of South Dakota, uh, having a, a circled camp with, hung out with, uh, ate with the Lakota people. The Rainbow Lakota Alliance is still going on, and, uh, and it's going to take us all the way around the continent. And on Thanksgiving, I'm not going to be on my Thanksgiving getting fat and snoozing in front of a TV, watching some games. I'm going to be in front of the White House with the Lakota people, with the Indian people, just a week from yesterday, but we'll be there for the whole week. So I'm, I'm leaving Tuesday for, uh, for Washington, D.C., and joined by so many others, so many caravans are coming from so many different places, American Indian Movement and others. So we'll be dancing, we'll be drumming, we'll be dancing, we'll be drumming. And this is a word that I just uh, invented, I think, when you're doing a ceremony, uh, the ceremony of the sage and uh, doing the four directions. That's be ceremony in Native American eyes. So we'll be ceremony eyes. Ceremony eyes in front of the White House. And if Obama happens to look out, we're saying, after 40 years, leave our, uh, 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 let our brother, Leonard Peltier, out of prison. 40 years in prison, that's enough. He's our, people see him as our, our Mandela. He needs to walk out of that jail. He's in Florida. On their way there, there's going to be a caravan. Going to be stop, uh, stop, stopping in front of that federal prison. Uh, once again, dancing, drumming, ceremonizing, ceremonizing, and letting Nelson, uh, letting uh, Leonard know that we're on our way to Washington. That they're on their way to Washington D.C. That's coming from the door four directions. Take it away, brother. And uh, I'm I'm glad this is happening because I don't think Leonard has a whole lot of time. I mean, he's been so there forever, and uh, so uh, you know I know how I feel at my age, and I I'm not going through any of that. So uh, keep everybody keep him in your thoughts. Um, he's a man who should have never been there. Anyway, last week uh, there was an interesting reaction and uh, to a piece I read, and that's okay because that makes us a little better maybe. I don't know. We'll see. My intentions were sort of uh, maybe the piece was uh, read before its time. You know, sometimes we poets do that. Um, but I guess I thought by implication and knowing the work that uh, uh, maybe it was understood. But I got, I got different reactions, so I thought, well, I'm just going to rewrite the piece, so... Let's give it another shot. Okay. Uh, roving bands of gringos. I see roving bands of young gringos out at night. Valencian 16th Street seems to be the hub of activity. Gringos own this territory with impunity. They tell you by their existence and behavior. I see roving bands of young gringos out at night, drinking and smoking in clubs, all made for these young gringos in mind. They are the ones with currency. They own the streets and sidewalks. Forgetting sidewalks are for all of us. More bad behavior done on the land of the Ohlone. Not opposed to taking over the streets and uh, sidewalks and streets if there is a purpose, but not behind drunken bad behavior. All others who once lived here, if still in the city, know to avoid this once working class street. Outside, undercover police and cameras are present, but if it was roving bands of anyone else, police presence would be felt and seen as well. I see roving bands of young gringos oblivious to anyone else but themselves. They seem deft and blind to what is happening all around them except in their insular lives. You displaced all those before you. It was never, your, it was never about finding accommodation, coming together, working together. You largely ignore protest around you. It's about another dispossessing. 
You never learn the stories, the struggles. Oh, they're stories, you're missing their stories, and you don't even know how much poorer you are for it. But this, of course, is not the first time. This is a long list of dispossessing beginning in 1492 that we forget. Always keeping that distance from their stories so you don't get, so you don't have to care. That way demonizing is easier. Usa killed five million people in Southeast Asia, and Callie may have been the only one who ever held, was ever held responsible, as well he should have. But really? Kissinger stopped bombing Cambodia after killing two million people, and he was given a peace prize. These things happen, and you never cry out against it. You're shoving out our beautiful brothers and sisters of the mission, the very richness of the indigenous. There was a time when moving in from the moving from the city to the suburb, suburbs was the goal, but that has lost its glow. Yes, to the country, but suburbs is where you go to die. There are those who want to remain in the city and celebrate its diversity, not the rich. Make it a place where diversity rules, not sameness. Can the young gringo and his elk ever understand it's about all of us in solidarity? Will there, where and when did we forget to celebrate each other? Did we always keep, le keep leaders in power who divided us? Will it always be so? No, not if you believe hum humanity is malleable. There are people who are picking up the shards of the past and working to put solidarity back together again. Get conscious, roving young gringos, and join us. Celebrate the arts and cultures of the differences and samenesses. Come celebrate and know what true freedom is. Wowzee. That's, uh, that's like nice. Not brought a it together. Is that a better rewrite? <laughs> I liked it. I liked yeah, it. I think. Tightening, tightening it, it up, yeah, brother. brought it, brought it back home to, to kind of think what, well, what, I was what you were, what you were, bad what you were, behavior. yeah, yeah. And it just happened to be white people. You know, <laughs> I know my people. Everybody, I'm white, so. <laughs> I, I understand. There's a lot of people walking around, looking like they don't have too much clue about where they are. Well, I'm going to bring this one back to a little. Uh, a little more sweetness. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet, brother. Um, the birds add to Earth's music. Birds add their voices to Earth's music. Song sung, chirped, trumpeted. The mother spins in circles as birds did in the beginning to this day. In the beginning, they flow in circles where light was dim from the new forming sun. When Earth formed, they found a place to land and nest from the trees that sprout from the mother's soil. It is the earth that spins in circles now as birds do in flight. It was the birds that first gave us the circle, the hoop. Weather that brings winds and storms gathers by spinning. Sufis spin. The universe spins. Native people dance the round dance. Time circles never in a straight man, uh, line, way too rigid for time. Time pops in and out, back and forth. Birds sing to each other, but the earth responds to the music. The mother loves the trumpeters and the nice ballad or the screaming improvised joy, longs for the sad call of the morning dove, and the earth continues to circle. It is the cacophony of birds that adds to earth's music. Beautiful. Thank you, Richard. Can't hear you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Richard. All right. that, was, that was lovely. 
Okay. Yes, thank you for bringing us back to the birds. We are a bunch of free birds here at the Common Thread Collective, are we not? Uh, well, I hope so. And <laughs> we, we we do know how to flock together. We do, we do. We got feathers on our hair, That's some of right, us. You know, yeah. um, but a, a good reminder, a reconnection to our to our our planet and our our surroundings. Well, it's all part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't separate. That's right. We're all we're all here on this one as planet. As political and mad as I can get, I'm still part of it. <laughs> That's right. We're, we're, we're part of it, and this coming together we do on Friday is certainly a, a extension from and a voice to uh, uh, to uh, just that, just that. Just I have something. Uh, oh, I see you've got your roomy book. There. I got my roomy. I have something I want to read. You mentioned the Sufis turning. Yeah. yeah. Here's a, this is from. Uh, from from Rumi, Rumi a, a, a dervish, from the 14th century, and this is what he had. What was said about the turn? Let me read this to you, and then you can go on with what you have. Well, this is Coleman Barks, who was his translator. What he had to say, his explanation, and the turn. The turn, the moving meditation done by Malevi dervishes, originated with Rumi. The story goes. He was walking in the goldsmithing section of Konya, that's in Turkey, Konya, where we ended up. We're in Konya when he heard a beautiful music of their hammering. He began turning in harmony with it, in a static dance of surrender, and yet with great centered discipline. He arrived at a place where ego dissolves and a resonance with, univer resonance with universal soul comes in. Dervish literally means doorway, the doorway between the two worlds, the inner world and the outer world. Dervish, doorways in Farsi. When what is communicated moves from presence to presence, darshan occurs with language inside the seeing. When the gravitational pull gets even stronger, the two become one, one turning that is molecular and galactic. And a spiritual remembering of the presence in the center of the universe. Turning is an image of how the dervish becomes an empty place where human and divine can meet. To approach the whole, the part, the, 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 to, hold, to approach the whole, the part must become mad, by conventional standards at least. These ecstatic holy people, called Mazubs in the Sufi tradition, redefine this sort of madness as true health. And here's uh, his poem. I'll read, I'll read a little bit of it. Uh, then we're going to, uh, which is uh, Barumi's take on the turn. Once again from the 14th century, trans trans translated from the Farsi, Persian. Inside water, a water wheel turns. A star circulates with the moon. We live in the night ocean, wondering, what are these lights? You have said what you are. I am what I am. Your actions in my head, my head here in my hands. Wish with something circling inside. I have no name for what circles so perfectly. A secret turning in us makes the universe turn. Head unaware of feet and feet head. Neither cares. They keep turning. The moment this love comes to rest in me, human beings, many beings and one being. In one wheat grain, a thousand sheaves stacks. 
Inside the Needle's Eye, a turning night of stars. Walk to the well. Turn as the earth and the moon turn, circling what they love. Whatever circles comes from the center. No better love than love with no object. No more satisfying work than work with no purpose. If you, give, if you could give up tricks and cleverness, that would be the cleverest tricks. Some nights stay up till dawn, as the moon sometimes does for the sun. Be a full bucket, pulled up the dark way of a well, then lift it out into light. I stand up and this one of me turns into a hundred of me. They say I circle around you. Nonsense, I circle around me. Dance when you're broken open. Dance if you've torn the bandage off. Dance in the middle of the fighting. Dance in your blood. Dance when you're perfectly free. Yeah. Take it away, brother. Back here. That inspired me to read a, a poem, and then uh, we'll play that song that Richard uh, requested, Sacrifice by Robbie okay. Robertson, which has the... Uh, Voice. with Leonard's voice uh, we're talking about freeing so here's here's my poem on, on that turn oh, Dave right. this is uh, for Mexican Hurricane Patricia which happened a few weeks ago now circuitous and calamitous centrifugal and disastrous hurricane builds crashes and passes North American mountains breaks its mass, and coastal castles of broken glass immortalize it in lore. Ruinous is hard to ignore. The history of these hills echoes in the breeze, deep as the roots of trees, embedded to endure. Memories ensure the grandeur of Mother Nature. Okay, take it away. And then we have, uh, shall I say it now? We have, well, we have... Uh, uh, we have uh, Rainbow, and who's joined by by a man I haven't seen in quite some here. He's at the party. He came down. I'm talking about Marco Harps. Yeah. Going to join Rainbow and Company. We Good got it going stuff. on. Take it away. You know, we have a million stories to tell. I'm just one of a million or more stories that can be told. Oglala Lakota Nation. 
American Indian movement, and the FBI, and the local sheriffs, state troopers. start 
back it down. I don't give up. Not until my people are free will I give up. And if I have to sacrifice some more, then I sacrifice some more. And we're, we're back. We're back on the airwaves, trying to get another mic set up. I didn't quite hear it register for me, but, uh, well, we'll see what happens. I actually can hear everything else pretty well. So, um, yeah, it's not really coming through. I think it might be the cable or something, um, as we are here at Mutiny Radio. Well, this is a, the vocal? Uh, ro- vocal sounds fine. Yeah. I, th- I can hear all of you guys. I can hear all of it from those two mics. Oddly enough, um, so yeah, Rainbow Drift. Okay, welcome back. Here we go. Thanks. This is um, this is called um, if the bomb come. There's a sweet girl Someplace in the world But don't you ever be fooled This place is a cesspool Just take a look at the skin That you're living in I thought that you might like to know Oh, that you're a living soul. I just can't understand all the violence in man. You say that you don't wanna die But if the bomb comes There'll be no place left to hide And oh, for what it is worth I love the mother earth, but I am 
think she is dying And you say that you don't wanna die But if the bomb comes There'll be no place left to Thank you, thank you so much. Uh, this is my friend Drift, he plays bass. Uh, okay, coming right up, coming right up. Hey, let's want to do, uh, um, you know, baby, it's up to you. The flowers that blossom in the spring Makes you want to dance and sing There's a light in your eyes As bright as the sun Shine on Until the sky comes tumbling down And buries you underground So hard to see the daylight When it's as black as mine So you say you wanna fly so high And disappear in the sky Forget all your worldly misery Be happy and be free In eternity there's no such thing as time It's all a concept of the mind Until the flowers have died and the summer is gone The cold wind is coming on Now you can live or you can die You can laugh or cry It really matters what you're gonna do Cause baby it's up to you Baby it's up to you Baby it's up to you
Remembering a once former time when love was so sublime. But that was a long, long time ago. It's sad she had to go. Remembering a once beloved friend Who turns into a dragon Burns you and leaves you there to die The smoke swallows up the sky A push of a button, the world explodes, comes on as a heavy load. One nation, one nation, wages war and gets what they're asking for. Now you can live or you can die You can laugh or cry It really matters what you're gonna do Cause baby it's up to you Baby it's up to you Baby it's up to you Thank you. Yeah, Rainbow and Drift. I love how you guys come through. Thanks so much for coming. Hey, just so you guys know, we're we're taking two weeks off, so the next time will be December 11th. Just want you to to know so you don't. Hey, you ready for one more? Oh yeah. (laughs) We are ready. No thanks. (laughs) Marco Harps. Hey, this is a cover. All right, go for it.
ready, Dave? Okay, there's a signal. This is by Dylan, Bob Dylan. Mama, take this badge off of me. I can't use it anymore. Getting too dark, too dark to see. I feel like I'm knocking on heaven's door Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door Just like so many times before Oh, 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 Mama, take these guns off of me I can't shoot them anymore That long dark cloud is hanging over me I feel like I'm knocking on heaven's door Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. 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 Just like so many times before. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I hope everybody has a good evening.
Thank you. You too. A special meaning to me. <laughs> Have, uh, as I turned 70 years old, I'd be knock, knock, knocking at heaven's door. And the day before my birthday, it happened to be uh, July, tw uh, November 12th in Australia. This sister sent me her version, her singing of heaven, uh, knock, knock, knock at heaven's door. And the first thing I do, of course, is open up my, my unit. And uh, they're from Australia. Uh, happy birthday, happy B-Day, Diamond Dave. And there she was singing, knock, knock, knock on heaven's door. So beautiful, so great, so special. And hey, Max, you're, you're an old guy too. Not quite my way, but, but come creeping up on me. So Max and, uh, and uh, A.D., you're back. So Max, you want to tell A.D. something about, we're talking about bringing together, yes. using this as a radio voice, and bringing together homeless folks together to do more together than to, to gather than any of us can do on our own, not having to depend on the, uh, on the filthy lucre, on money, on money, 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 but finding other ways to connect. So tell Jay, tell, tell A.D. about it, tell the world about it again. How is it going and what it's about and where are you? Thank you, Dave, to give me the honor to be on your show. Uh, I'm almost your age, so I have a little bit of experience too. In the, uh, I'm Belgian born, so I was born in the greenhouse. Well, uh, why we don't let here my colleague Alan uh, Dion. Leon, Dion, Dion. Alan Dion, a beautiful gentleman that I met yesterday, and just here we are. Please, Alan. So uh, Max has basically come up with this way to uh, build sustainable food sources for the cost of a dime using materials that a lot of times would be thrown away. Um, he has created what's called an organic garden tower. And so what, what Max essentially wants to do is he wants to bring food to the people instead of taking food from the people. Uh, traditionally, farming has always been one of the uh, pillars of society along with education and uh, song and dance. Um, so, you know, my colleague Max and I want to get together and we want to we want to try to feed people again. Uh, I am having this event on January 2nd. Uh, Max will be present. But, you know, it doesn't stop there. What we want to do is we also want to extend these services. We want to teach people how to use these organic garden towers with resources that they don't have to pay for, that they don't need to ship. Um, that they can find within their own communities to try to build sustainable resources for refugees, um, home, the homeless population. Give it for free. Yeah, it's for free. And it's not only is it free, but you're for using... free for the people that need it most. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, he said it best. It's free and it's for the people who need it the most. There's a few different uh, structures that he has designed um, that he will also be sh showing one of them, the Organic Garden Tower, at his uh, debut o opening at a restaurant, Chapu, on uh, Clement and 2nd Avenue. Um, that's in the inner Richmond, for those who may not know. Um, and that's, that's, fr that's the Friday after Thanksgiving, so it is on Black Friday. Uh, from 2 to 5 p.m. We want folks to know to come out at, uh, from 2 to 5 p.m. on uh, Clement and 2nd Avenue to come out and, and see this organic garden tower. 
um, and see the opening and see the work he's doing. He's not he's not out here for capitalistic gain. He wants to have his ideas grow, and he's using his business model not to uh, again not for capitalistic gain, but to put those efforts all all the money that you're putting out. He's going to put back into trying to spread spread this these ideas and and help folks, um, especially folks that are underrepresented and that are uh, being attacked by the military industrial complex right now um he he does have other ideas that stretch outside of of just this organic garden tower he also uh designed a greenhouse which uh, also is built at the cost of a dime that allows uh individuals that may not have the best climates um to be used because we know the winter is coming up and the you know the organic garden tower the vegetables may not thrive so they need uh, special conditions that are that would allow for the vegetables to thrive that would allow for a harvest um yes. Yes. Uh, we have we have the towers two concepts and uh, one is a yurts tile so about uh, like a globe 30 feet uh, wide and just <laughs> plenty of production and daughter daughter type is uh crystal shape so uh, his, his second yeah. his second prototype which is also a greenhouse works within it, it works uh it allows for better growth using uh the ge using geometry so it allows it allows light to come in in a particular way that will will make So I mean, these are I have basic sketches in front of me. These are using sustainable materials. By the way, uh, the particular crystal form design is uh, made out of bamboo. Also, the yurt. Yeah, yurt's made out of bamboo. Bamboo too. too. Yeah. So so both of these so designs I are made out of bamboo. I can't wait. I can't wait to to help you folks out there in in Europe. Syrians, refugees, and, and not Europe alone, all over, who needs, who needs uh, food. You know, the, 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 the society, the lower, the, the hungry people, sorry, the hungry people, you know, they will smile to the, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the wealthier people because they will have a healthy belly with a healthy, a healthy food in the body. They, they will be happy. So just this, uh, um, I'm just very glad that uh, we are connecting yeah. here. The, the intersection of all cultures is, uh, this, this food, food, to me, food and art. Uh, and art in itself is food. And, you know, I mean, I'm an engineering major, so it's like science, math, uh, architecture, agriculture. These are all, these are supposed to be the intersections of culture which uh, have historically been broken down by, uh, I mean, we could get into the philosophical conversation of how bankers are destroying us and segregating us. And we don't even see it using media and other tools, but but we wanna we wanna we wanna continue to break down those walls because as we know, we've identified these individuals and society doesn't necessarily has been frowning upon them for some time now, and we we wanna we wanna bring food to the people. But th but not only food, we bring also technicians that will help people, show them and help them out to have the food in the backyards. If they're ignorant, well, they have seen it many, many, many of immigrants here and, and legal or no heal, doesn't matter. 
they have seen it from from childhood in 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 in, in total south america latin america they have seen it how to grow they've forgotten it now now they have in their hands a mcdonald right sorry yeah mm. it's so true i know it's so much of that of that um heritage um ha- is is lost in in generations but there are people like you max and 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 so many other folks and people who are willing to learn as well who can come in and who want to help and help sustain these garden these organic garden towers and build these greenhouses and help feed people and help teach people again how to be self-sustaining and yeah but but the very important to do is selection because garden towers and organic garden tower i may my what is the name um yeah i started with it yeah okay yeah. yeah. for organic garden tower uh, is a symbol of the food revolution right so our our OGT, I, I was last uh, couple of days ago in 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 Cow palace in the green festival and there is no one garden tower that is organic they have garden towers and they are not right. oh, made with the so plastics is a, and this is the only one the fertilizers real one. and things yeah yeah so yeah, I will start. I will start the real stuff, the real healthy stuff. But the, the, the minerals and trace minerals, and we have the earth is is like black gold. Mm. Just, you can have more. You know, we put in each tower, we put four bags with the special uh, gold. Yeah. <laughs> in in one counter, so we're giving to the to the garden tower the best of the best because first of all in the middle we have a worm farm so we we are nourishing our worms we have plenty of worms that makes the best cast so the ca- the worms also travel inside the earth it is very rich earth so they're giving all the time the the worm cast that is just a miracle and the plants they flourish they're happy with just I'm glad. So, <laughs> so anybody that wants to contribute, where where can they uh, contact you at, Max? Because I know I know how to contact you, um, but but how can how can folks that want to get involved and help spread this idea of the organic garden tower and how how can we teach well, them to? For the moment, I have uh, two studios here and one in the mission here. It's still primitive, but I have people are working. They're making the garden towers for the homeless shelters. Okay. Oh, yeah. Another one in Modesto, they're also working. Okay. Do you do you have a e- do you have an email that no. folks can contact you at? Yeah, no. I have an email, and and we are building up a website and everything. And okay. But this, so, this is so urgent. Look, we look, have to help just, the people in 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 Europe. Look out for the food. future. That's right. Look. So. Every Friday, we'll be gone for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And also, he's, he's been showing up regularly at Food Not Bombs, which I took to you to Fred. So right. that's also a place where we can cut it up, feed the people, and where people can talk about the tower. So we're coming together in various ways. Is that right? That's right. right. And that sister from St. Boniface, Laura, was here. I think that'd be a good place for both of you to stop by. That'd be a great place to have a, uh, have a, have a tower there at St. Boniface Church. It's down there in the, in, the, in the Tenderloin, right off Market Street. Oh, we'll go by there during the day when people are sleeping there and where the, where the volunteers are there. And there, there's a little hotel in Tenderloin homeless, for homeless people there uh, on the rooftop. They, need, they, need, they, they can okay. do it. 
Well, well when you're on the way over there, stop right. St. Boniface Church. Well, all right, you guys. Build, building the food revolution. It's, all, yeah. it's all coming together right like here. a snowball. So uh, I'm glad yeah. that it's rolling, rolling along. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, thank you, Philippe. Philippe is the owner from the restaurant. Thank you. Okay. Uh, hey, yeah, chapeau. Oh, yeah. So, again, reminder, if you want to go out and see one of these garden towers, or, or several, actually, uh, there's going to be a preview at Chapeau, which is a restaurant over on Clement Street, um, on Friday the 27th from 2 to 5 p.m. Right? That's right. All right. Up, up on the roof? Up on the roof. And we, we, we people roof. will walk around the garden towers. We lift them up. We 10 people at a time. 10 coming back. We have an elevator. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, it's it? tours of the and garden I, towers. I expect many hundreds of people. Mm, you are all it? welcome. Oh, I'm, de- I'm de- I'll definitely be there. Okay. We, give, we give nice snacks and a, and, a, and a nice little glass after the visit. <laughs> have to visit first. That's I, right. I'm so proud. I'm with Val. It's, I'm so proud. I feel so lucky to be a voice of all this. All the various people who come through and doing what we're supposed to do, bring them together. The whole being greater, uh, the, the, the whole being greater than some of its parts. Than the sum of its parts. Right. Uh, the soul being greater, greater than some of its arts. Here we are. Thanks for coming through. Speaking, speaking of, of the soul, spe- well, speaking of uh, souls and hearts and parts, we're going to play oh, a song, right. a track Equipo. from Equipto. Equipto, come heart on and soul. On, so, um, so Ad, you requested this. Do you want to give a little uh, intro to this track? Oh yeah. So it's it's the OGs, the homie, uh, Queasy. Um, and it, you know, all these things we're trying to build, we're nation building in a way, because we as unrepresented peoples, as disenfranchised peoples, this is a classist war. And uh, we, you know, we don't panic, keep it organic. <laughs> That's what we have to do from now on. So, uh, you know, shout out to Queasy. Uh, I'm going to see him soon. And I want folks to hear this. It's all a great right. song. So, all right. San Francisco, home to the Golden Gate Bridge, Fisherman's Wharf, and the cable car. Yeah. 
JT drop dank and dope. You know, out here, don't no one got the same flow. Though they try to stereotype us with the rainbow. Best crab in the nation, hands down. A Benny Hannes is right up in Japan town. And never forget what our fam been through. Cause like saying when the hustle continues. Heart and Soul, that was cool, by Equipto, uh, a native San Franciscan like myself. Um, but that was a, a great tribute to the city and uh, the various parts and uh, places that uh, locals know and uh, maybe maybe a little bit uh, a little bit more than, than others. But uh, getting close, and uh, everybody loves San Francisco. We love San Francisco. Thanks for listening to the Common Thread Collective. We're here in the Mission District. Uh, broadcasting live from mutinyradio.fm here at 21st in Florida. Um, And actually, just a a reminder for everybody, so today is the 20th of November. Next uh, Friday is the day after Thanksgiving. We will not be doing a show. We'll also not be doing a show the following day. So this is our last show for two weeks. Taking two weeks off, we'll be back December 11th um, to uh, to kick off uh, a new... uh, a fresh course and then uh, uh, round out the year, I suppose. And speaking of people who love San Francisco, Andy Blue in the studio. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing great. Thank you. 
Oh, okay, cool. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm jumped in on uh, Dave's train here. Um, you want to give a little brief uh, synopsis of what you're doing here today? You know, uh, to be honest, uh, I'm not. Uh, you know, I guess Diamond Dave and I are just gonna chat about where we go from here. Where we go from here. You know, it's it's uh, uh, it's a couple weeks here after the election. Um, you guys have probably talked about the election on here, but. Some good things happened. Some not so good things happened. Well, we're we're uh, going to put it all together. The cup is half full, as Diamond Dave would say. And I guess just we're going to talk about where we're going to go from here. Nice. So meanwhile, we've got Marco nice. on planet Earth. That's right. Well, meanwhile, we have Marco Harps. Marco Harps. we got Marco. Come on up. Hey, Marco. I keep uh, pushing him around. Marco, oh, yeah. take it away, I brother. Forgot, I so forgot what was you. happening next. <laughs> well, he said, one second. Well, we're live wait, on the radio. Wait, hey, but let me wait. tell you, we're in 10 minutes. We're gonna get a call from Sopa. Sopa is the one who's putting together the putting together this uh, from the four directions, this trip to the um, the trip to ask for the freedom for Leonard Peltier. She's calling from uh, she's calling from Europa. She's a student and a poet. She's gonna give us a poem at yeah, the in Boulder. At the, in Boulder at the Jack at the Jack Kerouac School of. Uh, of the disembodied poetics. That's one of the things she does. One of the things she, I met her out there in the Black Hills, uh, as the uh, as the Rainbow Lakota Alliance came together, and she's calling in in ten minutes. So please watch for her and tell her. All hold right, on, I'll watch for that we'll phone line. And so, so that's what we're doing. Hey, my here be so glad to see you, your brother. Yeah. Here be my brother, our brother, Marco Harps. Take it away, Marco. I'm ready. All right, welcome back. Thanks. I, I, I'm like Kermit the Frog. I cannot play the harmonica without having a heaving, uh, hyperventilated coughing fit, so I shall not do that to myself or anyone else. <laughs> so what I'm going to do, if it's okay, is read some public service announcements. Okay, I, hearing no objections, I'm going to do so. You can get Muni services for free if... Now, if, that's an interesting word... If I wasn't so stiff, I'd be hanging loose, as I like to say. Marco Harp's copyright pending, uh, never ending from beginning to and on and on. You're a senior, 65 or plus, disabled or youth, 5 to 18. And household income is below median income for Bay Area. $67,950 for a household of one, about... 8500 for each additional person. I might not have made that much in my whole life. Well, I probably have, but I'm, I'm pretty old. So anyway, now, but it says here, but you must apply. Go to www.sfmta.com for more info. Program begins March 1st. Apply now. Now, my objection to this program is this. I am a disabled person. That's not my objection, no. My objection is, when I apply for this program, and when I applied before it became a program as it is now, when you applied for the Clipper card, and before it was a Clipper card, and on and on, there is a machine that was invented before I was born called a fax machine. You can... Uh, the people in charge of these programs, uh, along with the federal government, can communicate with each other by using that machine much more efficiently than I can, as a disabled person, 
running around like a, a pinball from one office to the other. Literally, one person would say, I'm not going to go on and on about this. My point is, when you, get, when you get, finally get this card, it's months and months later. Four to six weeks, they tell you, but it can last as long as three months. Meanwhile, you have to convince the muni people that you are officially disabled and show them a piece of paper from the SSI or whoever it is, your disabled state, whatever it is, <clears throat> and, and you only have to pay a dollar now. So they don't, they don't, their hard job's hard enough. They don't have the time to look at it or even necessarily believe you. Why doesn't Muni take my advice and others' advice and just give us a slip of paper saying your application is pending? Yes, you are indeed receiving benefits, but we haven't gotten off off our Royal American rumps to uh, give you a piece of paper or, or a piece of something or other to show the people. Anyway, that's enough of that. This, Next uh, on Marco, the agenda. Hold on a second, Marco. Yeah, I'm uh, one seconds up. What do you want, Donnie? Okay, Dine what Dave? I want to say is, please. Uh, that happened when I was just 77 years old. I'm 78 now. Yes. I uh, since then, I just get on the bus. Uh, I've been asked a couple of times. The drivers assume when they look at me that I'm obviously over the 65 years or whatever. I look and they look like I don't look like I have a lot of money. They just wave me aboard, say, "How's it going, brother?" I've been asked a couple of times. And I said, wait, if I'm 77 now, 78 years old, they say, okay. And uh, since they, I haven't gotten no, paper, no piece of paper, I got no, 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 no papers, I got nothing to prove it. They just said, look at my face. And uh, ever since long, well, in fact, I have to admit that, that before they initiated this free program, I was doing this and no one said a word. Now I just get aboard. I did get up once, one of those people came through and they said, I saw I'm 77 years old. And they said, where's your papers? And I said, well, I'm 77. Well, come off the bus. And I stepped off the bus. Well, you need a paper. Come off the bus. I stepped off the bus with him. And I showed that at 77 years old, you can still book. I went running down the street. They followed me for about 10 feet. And they gave up. And I had a good job to do, do some sprinting at 77 years old. I sprint, and I laughed all the way. Otherwise, I ride that bus for free, free, free. Take it away, Marco. It's a great story, and uh, hey, if you keep your voice down, they can hear me instead of you. When you get on, I'll be quiet. Hey, Mar Marco, you going to do another one? Yeah, we're ready for you, Marco. Give us another PSA, my friend. I'm trying to finish my, uh, my time here on the stage. I ain't getting paid. Oh, I'll be anywhere I want. Somebody gets aggressive with me. I'll you're you're, you're good. Like you're good to go, Marco. You got another PSA. Please go for it. Okay, now. Yes, absolutely. Okay, why why was the uh, broom that you sweep the floor with? Why was it late for work? It overswept. That's right. All right, now, now I'm going to finish this one uh, public service announcement, and when I put an addendum onto what Dave said. Now, Dave, that's a perfect story. I am a disabled person, and this is also true. I am a disabled person. A lot of people don't know that. When I'm all, when I'm all uh, out of sorts, I go hide. 
I don't let people see that side of me usually. People have known me for 30 years, and as this gentleman just uh, witnessed, I can be aggressive, passive-aggressive. I got all kinds of definitions. I, st- I don't care what you call it, man. You want to come up here and be in the routine, that's cool. You want to heckle me, that's cool too. But I'd rather you wouldn't. I'd appreciate it. I'd appreciate it you being quiet. Because I'm going to be quiet when you're up here. If you don't mind, it's throwing me off or whatever the hell I'm trying to say. And it, you know, it's not that important, but what the hell? It just affects about 10,000 people in San Francisco alone. Okay. You know, I've worked harder for money, but not, not recently. Yeah, I am aware of that, Diamond Dave. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, you know what, man? Go back to the East Coast if you want to All right. Well, let's, let's, settle, let's settle it up a little bit, okay? Um, sorry, we got uh, some high, uh, high, high energy. We get people, we all, get, we all get kind of excited around here. Lots of... Well, look, hey, uh, hey, Val. We got a special phone call. We got a phone call. Hey, Sopa, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, Dave. Oh, Sofa, it's really good to hear your voice. Uh, look, I mean, this is our last show. I've been telling people this is our last show for a while. Uh, for two weeks. Uh, for Thanksgiving. I'm going to be up in front of the White House. We'll be dancing. We'll be drumming. We're doing ceremony. I guess that's ceremonizing. And uh, with people, uh, with Lakota people, the Lakota Rainbow Alliance, and many others. Why don't you tell us? Uh, uh, I've also, I know you're a poet. I'd love to hear a poem from you, and I'd love to hear your summary of what's going on with our, with our journey. Right. Yeah. So the bus left New Mexico today and is almost up to Boulder, Colorado, where we will be overnighting at Naropa University who has graciously offered to host us for the evening, where we will be able to both pray for strength on our journey and uh, engage in some sitting meditation practice, as Reverend Yamato is with our delegation from New Mexico, who is part of the Global Peace Walk, and so and is a Dharma brother to Chogyam Trungpa, the founder of Naropa. And so we are uh, gathering in Boulder tonight, preparing to head up to the reservation tomorrow, and then continue our journey onward to D.C. So it's been quite exciting. Um, you know, we're doing a lot of press yeah, outreach. Find us online. Um, you know, we have a lot of Facebook and Twitter presence. And we're just asking people to, you know, send us some love because uh, it's about to be a very exciting and at times difficult journey. So, yeah. And how can how can people uh, do that? What's the, right. what's the connection? So, um, we have our uh, Facebook page, which is the Leonard Peltier Rally in D.C. Um, you know, there's just a lot out there right now on Leonard because this is November, which is both, uh, some have named it like Leonard Peltier Month. Some have named it like Indigenous History Month. Um, so it, there's a lot of energy around it this time of year. Um, and, you know, there's no coincidence that we chose to go to the White House on Thanksgiving. Um, but honestly, we're, we're really here to, to, to pray for, for Leonard's freedom. Um, you know, he's been in there over 40 years, and a lot of it's been solitary. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to, as, as, as the people know have been listening, and as you know, I'm going to be there. We're going to take a couple weeks off. Uh, uh, this is our 
a couple weeks off from here uh, from from, from uh, Common Thread uh, Collective Radio, and I'll be there. We'll be we'll be circling. We'll be hanging out. We'll be dancing. We'll be talking about stuff right there in front of the White House. Maybe Obama look out the window and say. Who are all these Indians and their friends? And somebody would say, well, they'd be there saying, hey, uh, hey, Barack, uh, let, uh," which is what he can do very easily. It's what they do at the end of their presidency. Let him walk free. He's been 40 years in prison. That's enough. And I just got a call from, uh, just earlier today, I got a call from Feather. She's going to be there. I believe you know Feather. And so many of the folks who gather together in the Black Hills of South Dakota are going to be right there together in front of the White House. Is that right? I guess we lost her. I don't know if she hung up or we lost the call. But um, thank you, Sopa, for calling in all the way from Boulder, Colorado, Naropa. And we're sending our love and and, uh, good energy out to Washington, D.C. And we're also sending Diamond Dave out to Washington, D.C. So that's a big old bundle of uh, love and good energy. Um, So we wish everybody uh, the best and uh, safe travels and uh, and, uh, good, powerful togetherness um, and staying warm in in, uh, Greenbelt Park out there in Washington, D.C. Um, so uh, I hope this is something that that gets picked up on, on uh, the, the, the larger media uh, complex of, our, of, of the country. Um, I hope that there's some independent media going on there. And uh, as Dave said, we won't be doing a show that day here, um, nor the following Friday. So that, uh, but, but Dave may be calling in on Friday the 27th to talk on the weekly review with Roman, and that's here at Mutiny Radio from 12 to 2 p.m. Um, so tune in at, at that time, uh, as, as that may be the time when Dave's calling in where folks can uh, say their piece. It's, uh, it's, it's part of my plan, my on-the-roll, it's part of my, uh, my life plan, which goes at city, in the city, on the planet, and in the street. And this time I'll be on, uh, on the planet, in the street, right in front of the White House, in Lafayette Park, where I've been once before, drumming, dancing, and carrying on. Seems like a good thing to do, that's, for sure. That's a great thing to do, Dave, and stay warm out there. And I, I know. Well, that's what I need plenty of. Uh, well, people are going to have a special sleeping bag for me, they told me, because we'll be camped out in the green space, which is just outside of Washington. That's where our bus is going to be. Our buses, the elders camp and others, elders camp, dog soldiers and others, right in front of the, uh, in the green space in Maryland, uh, just outside D.C., and then we'll bus right in every day to Lafayette Park, which is right in front of the White House. Obama can look down and see. Okay, now I got my brother. Hey, Andy. Yes, Diamond Now, we've been, uh, we've been, uh, uh, we've been every week, at, uh, every week on the show, we did before the election, how the election was going to go, uh, reading the tea leaves, uh, looking under under what's going underneath. Now the elections happened. Uh, the elections happened. Now in the phrase called the phase called where do we go from here? And we wanted to vote sometime every week to do just that. Now you were totally involved with it. We were very involved with the Prop I campaign. You were very involved with uh, Stop the Monster and the Mission. You were uh, you were there. I saw you through a simple twist of fate online and SFGov in the uh, the appeal about the, that uh, great that four hundred and some odd feet project that's going on south of market, which is the, the 5M project. 5M for project mission. 
which is going to raise the height limit uh, two or three times, right in the midst of Filipino campaign. So all these pieces are coming together. So Andy Blue, I've invited you in. Uh, 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 without further ado, what's your suggestion? Where we go from here? How we bring these different with six, with six uh, openings on the board of supervisors coming up, with two, uh, with two. Uh, to two uh, progressive candidates, as our brothers are uh, John Avalos and David Compos, being uh, termed out. In other words, they, you get two terms, then you're out, and new people have to come in. It's going to be quite a quite a happening. How can we bring it together in the face of all this gentrification? Uh, uh, save the uh, speak for the progressive side of San Francisco. Take it away, take it away, brother. Uh, that's an awfully big question. Um, well, break it down. It's a daunting challenge. Um, <clears throat> daunting challenge. You know, you, I mean, there's there's a lot of things and a lot of ways, a lot of directions that we can go from here. I mean, we all want that. We want all of them to be in the in the positive direction. We want all of them to be about, you know, preserving and and sustaining and rebuilding all the things that we love about this city. Um, and some of those paths may be electoral, some may not. You know, yeah, I, I was, uh, I, did, I did help out on the Prop I campaign. Um, but, you know, I think that what we've seen happen in the last, you know, couple years, two and a half, three years in the mission, I think it was about, I think it was about two and a half years ago or so that eviction free San Francisco formed which was a huge breath of fresh air, shifted a lot of things that led into eviction-free mapping project and the Google bus protests and all that. And then, um, you know, the our mission, no eviction, rising up here in the mission, and then the Plaza 16 Coalition, which I've been super involved in. I think those, uh, those movements, those organizations... Um, have been helping drive a lot of, you know, particularly here in the mission. And there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on citywide. But to me, that's, um, that's what's, that's, we need a lot of that, a whole lot of that, Diamond Dave. Um, we need everyone to um, do their part. We need everyone to, to find a way to get involved. We need everyone to, get organized, um, work with their neighbors, work with their community organizations. <clears throat> there, there are a whole lot of people in this city that love this city and are deeply concerned, if not um, utterly depressed about the, the displacement that's happening and the, and the um, all the things that we're losing, the culture, the diversity, our friends, our neighbors. Um, we're seeing all of that being displaced and um, I think there's a lot of people who recognize that, a lot of people that want to do something about that, and uh, everyone everyone has to do their part. Um, so, so for I know you're a big part being uh, involved with Plaza 16. I mean, and and other things like the Cultural Arts ne Network, right? Can um, so what have these groups been doing coming together post election? Has there been uh, much? Activity happening or uh, debriefs or we've had debriefs. We've uh, been kicking around a few things that we want to like jumpstart. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. 
Um, <clears throat> geez, what's happening here? I know, it's a seasonal thing. I was sick last week, too. Uh, apologize. <laughs> <clears throat> this hasn't happened, and all of a sudden, just in the middle of nowhere now, suddenly I might get frogs in my throat. Yeah. Um, we're kicking around some things. Yes, things are happening. I mean, Diamond Dave was mentioning that uh, he flipped flipped on the SF Gov TV and and was watching a hearing from this week that was for the 5M project, a huge huge four acre, four hundred foot, two tower at least project that makes the monster in the mission look like. You know, a, a, mis- a, a mosquito in the mission or something. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and it passed. I mean, the fight's not over. The, there's going to be... The, the, there are other steps to this legal action and that sort of thing. But um, And where is that? That is, is at Fifth and Mission. Oh, that's the 5M project. Yeah, the yeah. 5M project. And that's in an area that has been like like built up so much just in the past few years. Like, it, for, I'd say from like 8th Street... East, um, they have so many new uh, kind of high-rise apartment buildings, um, and I, I just wonder, like, even if they're ever going to fill them, you know what I mean? Like, I understand, no. you know, I mean, uh, uh, there's so many folks who, because they're so expensive, you know, some of those big towers that, that you know, right over there by the Bay Bridge, you know, those those condos are like multi-million dollar condos. And so a lot of people who actually own them don't even live there most exactly. of the year. So what we're building in the city, the, the, the development that's been growing on in large part has been for these big high-rise, large right. upscale it, you know, residences that aren't right. being even used as residences. It kind of closed down Mandela, Manila Town, did in many ways. That became the heart of the Filipino neighborhood. That's so right. The heart, and there was a youth. They really stood out. Of, I was really impressed when I was watching this. I saw, uh, it was just because of Andy. I, I called Andy. Uh, Andy, I want to talk to you about coming down. Part of the, and I got a text from him. Well, I'm down at City Hall. And I looked. Yeah, we got about five minutes. To, let's let's uh, take it on. We, uh, we have about five minutes, Andy, to have this conversation. So, uh, so I looked at that, and my idea, I want to, of course, what I'd like this to be, this this every Friday, after we, when we come back, we're gone for a couple of weeks, every Friday be this part of this, that this be part of it, this be a voice of what's going on, how we bring all these desperate forces together. How we find that common thread yes. over what we have common, rather than separate our differences. We and need the we, we need the common thread more than ever. Because we have locally, one thing I said, the glass is half full after the election, I lost, and and uh, $8 million was, was spent by AB, ABB <coughs> to, uh, for, uh, for, uh, for, uh, for L to, uh, to defeat v, that. They to lost. defeat F. Right. Yeah, they lost all those. They lost that too. But the fact is, the cap is half full because out of District 3, our brother Peskin came, and it seems like he's ready to roll. He's returned. And that's a breath of fresh air. And now we got, we got the, the, and we got the those scales. progressives. We got Avalos. They were getting kind of tired. We got Mar. We got uh, we got Compost, who represents right here. We got sometimes Miss Mar, sometimes uh, Miss uh, 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 representing, in fact, the district where uh, where the project was. We're talking about uh, uh, who are we talking about? Is it Jane Ken? Jane Ken. Anyway, I'll, so what I'm putting out and what I want to put to you is uh, back in 1971 out of which came the first district elections. Way back then, 73 we had, it was called a community congress. 
and it was time to bring all these. The idea would bring these uh, various disparate for forces together. We'd come together around these issues. You just had a list of them to come together, to get on the same page, to get together, to get together. And I think it would probably be best to start with, the, with each one of the districts, have a community congress. Community congress means to me uh, that these various groups, tenants groups, uh, 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 arts groups, cultural groups, community groups get together and come up with some common fl platform. And the six, uh, we're, we have, we're going to have six empty uh, seats in the Board of Supervisors, 11, uh, 11 districts, 11 members of the board. Six will be, a, will, 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 will be the majority. And hopefully by doing this, by coming together, not separating and uh, separating and having a whole process to go along. We have a year before the election, right? That's right. It's a week from no a year from November. Am I right? That's correct. Yes. Meanwhile, we got the the uh, the presidential uh, the presidential uh, uh, primary will be coming up. That will be our campaign here. That's going to bring people together. I think if the uh, if the Barry campaign is going to do anything, they got to go to the grassroots, right here. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. Bernie. Do you want to check Not that Barry. Bernie campaign? <laughs> Pardon me. Yeah, why don't you check that? And so what I'm talking about is the community congress. Yep. And I wanted to ask you what you think of it and how we get these steps uh, together to do that. I mean, I'm, I definitely want to talk. I want to, you know, get that wisdom from you. I mean, you said that you were involved in the very first one yeah, in 1972. I mean, tell me, how, how, uh, how, did you, how did something like that form? How did you... How did you well, start? How did you get out, that ball rolling? Well, it was, it was uh, interesting people in each one. It was before we had district supervisors. Remember, at that time, said so we had 11 district supervisors elected at large, six and five. Right. right. Okay. Uh, but the idea of Bob Covington, Calvin Welch, and the other people who were there, the people beyond district elections, was to uh, to, uh, to in order to get the to get the district set to the boundaries and so on, and also to was to bring people together. Uh, Bring together in what uh, all the possible districts would be have uh, have district conferences, and also uh, media and different interest groups would have their own uh, community congresses. Then it all came together in an organic. Don't panic. Keep an organic flow for a uh, for a citywide community congress, which could be uh, uh, would probably be best four or five months before the before the, the, the November for the elections. That's just, I'm guessing, as it works out. So that's what I have in mind. I'd like to put it out there. I'd, I'd like to put this show, which will certainly whatever, will be about where we go from here each and every week. We want to bring people down, you know people, invite them down, usually in the three to, three to four slot, to talk about this and see if we can keep it organic, put out those words. Yes. There, there are community groups, there are neighborhood groups, there are groups that, with their own interests, there are unions of various sorts, and all of the, which could be touched in, to be brought in, to be offered the uh, offered the possibility of being part of a community congress, to come up with a uh, a platform, a series of platforms, an organic congress, like a continental congress, like a like a like a Soviet, if you will, in a certain humorous sense. We're not Marxist, <laughs> Leninist, Trotskyists for sure. A Soviet to really be able to do more together than we can do on our own rather than fighting it out, rather than being fragmented and separate, which the powers that be would like. They got millions of dollars to keep us fragmented and separate. Let's cast that wide net and find that common thread and let it flourish. What yes, do you think? Yes, yes, let it flourish. 
Right on. Well, thank, thanks, Andy Blue, for coming Andy through. Blue, and thanks for all your work that you did during and before uh, the campaign and uh, to try to preserve uh, the neighborhoods, to preserve the arts, and uh, move forward in an in a equitable... Thank you for having me, and thank you, Muni Radio, well, for keeping a, a beating heart alive in the neighborhood. It's, 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 so, it's such a joy to come down here every time. To be continued. All right. Coming up next... Up at the microphone out there. I see we've got James Zealous, an open book. And, uh, yeah, and uh, Blood Flowers at the Piano. Very cool. Take it away, gentlemen. Thank you, Global Val. This is Mr. J. Krishnamurti. We are concerned with the whole existence of man and whether human being can ever be free for Mr. Vale, his efforts, his anxieties, his violence, and brutality. Whether there is an end to sorrow. Why have human beings throughout the ages sustained and put up with suffering? Can there be an ending to it all? One must be free of all ideologies. Ideologies are dangerous illusion. Whether political, social, religious, or personal. Every form of ideology either ends up in totalitarianism or in religious conditioning as the Catholic, the Protestant, the Hindu, the Buddhist, and so on. And ideologies become such great burdens. So, to go into the enormous question of suffering, one must be free from all ideology. One may have experienced a great deal of suffering, which may have brought about certain definite conclusions. But to inquire to this question, one must be utterly free of all conclusions. Obviously, there's biological, physical suffering, and that suffering may distort the brain if one is not very careful. But we are concerned with the psychological suffering of man. In investigating suffering, we are investigating the suffering of mankind. Because each one of us is of the essence of all humanity. Each one of us is psychologically, inwardly, deeply like the rest of mankind. They suffer. They go through great anxiety, uncertainty, confusion, violence, through great sense of grief, loss, loneliness, as each one of us does. There is no division psychologically between us all. 
We are the world, psychologically, and the world is us. That is not a conviction. It's not a conclusion. That's not an intellectual theory, but an actuality to be felt, to be realized, and to be lived. Investigating this question of sorrow, one is investigating not only one's own personal limited sorrow, but also the sorrow of mankind. To reduce it to a personal thing. Because when one sees the enormous suffering of mankind in the understanding of the enormity of it, the wholeness of it, then one's own part has a role in it. It is not a selfish inquiry concerned with how I am to be free of sorrow. If one makes it personal, limited, then one will not understand the full significance of the enormity of sorrow. In opposition to sorrow, there is happiness, as in one's consciousness, there is the bad and the good. In one's consciousness, there is sorrow and there is a sense of happiness in inquiring. One is not concerned with sorrow as an opposite to happiness, gladness, enjoyment, but with sorrow itself. The opposites contain each other. If the good is the outcome of the bad, then the good contains the bad. And if sorrow is the opposite of happiness, then the inquiry into sorrow has its roots. In happiness, we are inquiring into sorrow, per se, not as an opposite to something else. It's important to understand how one observes the nature and the movement of sorrow. How does one look at one's sorrow? If one looks at it as though it was different from oneself, then there is a division between oneself and that which one calls sorrow. But is that sorrow different from oneself? Is the observer of sorrow different from the sorrow itself? Or is it? The observer is sorrow. It is not that he is free from sorrow and then looks at sorrow or identifies with sorrow. Sorrow is not just in the field of the observer. He is sorrow. The observer is the observed. The experiencer is the experienced. Just as the thinker is the thought, there is no division. As when the observer says, I am in sorrow. And he then divides. As when the observer says, I am in sorrow. And who then divides himself off and tries to do something about sorrow. Run away from it. Seek comfort. Suppress it. And all the various means of attempting to transcend sorrow where as if one sees that the observer is the observed which is a fact then one eliminates altogether the division that brings about conflict when it's been brought up 
educated to think that the observer is something totally different from the observed. As for example, one is the analyzer. One can analyze, but the analyzer is the analyzed. So in this perception, there is no division between the observer and the observed, between the thinker and the thought. There is no thought without the thinker. If there is no thinker, there is no thought. They are one. So, if one sees that the observer is the observer, then one is not dictating what sorrow is. One is not telling sorrow what it should be or not be. One is just observing without any choice. Without any movement of thought. Thank you, James Ellis. Thank you, Bloodflower. Thanks for reading Jay Krishnamurti. Bloodflower, if you want to play just a few more uh, measures, I've got a, a little poem I'd like to read. And I think it uh, maybe is a good, good uh, follow-up for that in, in light of our recent world events. How many layers of revenge will warm the world from the chill of war? from the affront to ego, from the burden of reaction. How many moon rises will be ignored as fearful heads black out the coming of the night, needing to hide or seek shelter? How many bombs and bullets must be manufactured before the bottom line is satisfied? How many Manipulated minds will go on believing lies without suspicion that some other position might be attained or that the spilling of ammunition can bring any gain. Hey, it's been so good to be here. Hey, Val. Hey, everybody. That was beautiful. I'll be back in uh, three weeks. And we began. A very special reading. Just to have James do his chapter and chapter, I was gifted with, an, with a wonderful piece of writing. I'm talking about Patty Smith's new book, M-Tray. I want to read the first paragraph, and I'm going to read it chapter and chapter by chapter by chapter. I recommend it to each and every read, each and every person out there. If you want to read a really good book, you know Patty Smith. I knew her as a singer. I knew her as a songwriter. I knew, uh, I knew uh, I'm going to read one paragraph, and it would be to be continued. It's not so easy writing about nothing. That's what a cowpoke was saying as I entered the frame of a dream. Vaguely handsome, intensely laconic, he was balancing on a folding chair, leaning backwards, and Stetson brushing the, the edge of a dun-colored uh, dun exterior of a lone cafe. I said lone. So as there appeared to be nothing else around except an antiquated gas pump and a rusty trough, ornamented with a necklace of horseflies slung above the last dregs, dregs of its stagnant water. There was no one around either, but he didn't seem to mind. He just pulled the brim of his hat over his eyes and kept on talking. It's the same kind of silver belly, open road model that Lyndon Johnson used to wear. To be continued, that's the first paragraph of Patty Smith's book, 
M train, and we're gonna when I get back from Washington D.C., from in front of the White House, from dancing with the look with the with the with the Lakota people. I'll be reading it. Take it so Val. So good we've been here. Thanks everybody for coming through. Take it away, Val. This big. Thank you thread, everybody for being court. part of this common thread. We are eternally grateful for everyone's participation uh, to make this happen every Friday. Happy to be here at Mutiny Radio in this community. And uh, we will be taking a break, two weeks. Next live show here, December 11th. That's Friday, of course. Friday from 3 to 6, always for the Common Thread Collective here at Mutiny Radio. I'll also be back doing the Women's Magazine as well, which is from 2 to 3 p.m. We hope you tune in. We hope you listen to the podcasts in our absence. um, And know that we love you. And we send our love and all these uh, goodwill and, uh, and... all around the planet and we're happy to be doing that through mutiny radio and uh i'll end here with a song here a little request from earlier a little bell and sebastian i'm a cuckoo <laughs> and uh, we get a little crazy around here but you know what it's all good lots of love to everybody happy thanks thanks for the love
talking about uh, cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby! There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, bringing you the best of San Francisco's underground comedy scene here every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. It's only $2. You can bring your own beer and listen to comedy here every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., 21st in Florida. It's MutinyRadio.fm. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. 
Tune in, turn on, every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m., House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Are you sick of reading the news? Do you even bother to read the news anymore? Do you need someone to read it to you because it's just so disgusting and depressing? If so, then the Weekly Review is the show for you. Join Roman Reimer as Roman reads the news, whether it be LGBTQ issues, cannabis legalization, prison abolition, police brutality, or many other issues that sometimes the media just doesn't feel the need to cover. Listen in, Fridays at noon, Mutiny Radio. Roman's also joined by activists, community organizers, artists, and many other great folks working to make the world a better place. Have no fear. The news is here. And if you feel like yelling about it, well then Roman will be yelling with you. The Weekly Review, Fridays at noon, on Mutiny Radio. Hello, comrades. This is your comrade, Zach Wiseman, host of government-sponsored program, Communist Folding Chairs, mandated by the Kremlin to occur every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m. Broadcast by our... six o'clock it's friday oh what does that mean it means it's time for the happy hour oh hell yeah i got a whole bottle of wine with my name on it and what does it say happy hour this is pam benjamin happy hour welcome to mutiny radio's happy hour i hope you guys have your own drinks you know what i like about the darkness of winter time it makes everyone funnier How did that happen? We used to do this with a light out and no one was as funny as they will be when it's dark tonight. I don't understand it. You're the ones that figured out daylight.